Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. And welcome into Smooth Operators, your home for F1 content here on WEGL 91.1 FM. And we are going to start calling this show a little bit something different. How about the Max Verstappen show, guys? What I'm do y'all good. think about that one? You don't want to call it that, Ben? Yeah, that no, one's already been thanks. taken. I think we could call it that. That's basically yeah. what F1 is right now. But Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Um and after last weekend's performance, I think it is here to stay for a little while. Um, programming is live and dominating the airwaves of Max Verstappen, streaking off into the distance, smoking the competition. However you want to say it, he's done it. He's winning, and you can't stop him. Yeah, well, 10 in a row breaks the, breaks the deadlock between him and Sebastian Vettel for the most consecutive race wins in F1 history. Yep. So he's really taken all those individual single-season records. He Every, Pretty much has. And yes. It's ironic that he says he doesn't care about stats. I, what was funny was when uh, Christian came on air, Christian Horner, um, his his team principal, who doesn't normally come on the radio, but he did. He radioed in and said, Max, that's 10 wins. Congratulations. You've broken the record. And Max goes, yeah, that's a nice stat. Like, that's all. It is a, it is a nice stat. He, he said he didn't care about stats. Like, this is the one stat that he was like, ooh, I did something. And, I mean, that's crazy. Just the level of dominance that he's had in a single season is now unmatched. Albeit there were more, ra- there were less races when Vettel did it, which makes it more impressive because there was less time to do it. But Max has done it in less races than Vettel, I believe. And, and now he's won, what, 13 races this season? Because he won the first one, then he won the third one as well. Yes. Because it went Max Checo, Max Checo. Yep. And then kind of crazy thing about ever since we went – virtual for our during the summer summer shenanigans we max did not lose a single race which is and then he had the span where i think he's now second all time for consecutive laps led that stopped i think in what austria been he led from certain yes. laps of my uh miami to austria which was i don't know how many races apart that's a lot but yeah so it's the max Verstappen show the Formula One Pirelli Grand Premio d'Italia 2023 at Monza, though Max won in first place. A little bit of a diff- a little bit of less at time we've seen him finish at than normal, where it's normally like what 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. Only finished six seconds above Sergio Perez. I think that ties Red Bull's record for most conse- uh, most one twos in a season. We still got a decent amount of racing left to go. Carlos Sainz for Ferrari, who started on pole on Saturday, ends up finishing third in the race. And his teammate Charles Leclerc finishes in fourth, just off the podium of him by about point two, uh, about about point two tenths of a second. That's what I'm talking about. We'll get a win next week in Singapore, Griggs. That's I'm calling my shot right now. We're gonna take this momentum and we're gonna ride it high into Singapore. I mean, honestly, hearing the radio uh, going into the race, Max was like a lion playing with his food before he ate it. That's fitting because he wears the line on his helmet. But uh, he knew that they didn't stand a chance and just was watching. This is an interesting thing that Martin Brundle said on the radio or on on the on the um, commentary Broadcast. on the commentary. He said 
a championship winning driver doesn't just drive his car. He drives other people's cars too because he's on a different level. He's and Max watched was actively watching Carlos Sainz ruin his tires and was like, "Yeah, he's sliding a good bit." And he was like, "I should be past them in like four laps." And he just observed that, was conscious of it, aware of it, paced himself, knew the overtake was inevitable, then made it. And it was it's that kind of performance that you don't see but maybe once in a generation of driver. It's it's a very unique thing. Um, and I really appreciated Martin making that comment because it really it brought to light um, a new a new concept for me, which is being being that far above someone else that you're able to pick out their driving and their critique their driving style while you're doing while you're doing your own thing. Um, and you know during that during the past few races, Max has been you know back and forth with his engineer. And I mean, bear in mind, this guy's pulling four G's and just having a chat. Hmm. Like it's, it's just the level of calmness and collectedness and him, him knowing that he's meant to be there and him just being there just really, really puts out another level of dominance that I haven't personally seen. Um, since Lewis and I mean we're kind of we're kind of between eras I think of dominance we just left Mercedes being top dog and now Red Bull's top dog again I just think I think that's kind of how it's going to be and Ferrari 2024 I'm feeling it and everybody can hold on to their own hopes of things not being that way but <laughs> but um and I, I would like to go back yeah. really quick man not to yeah go off, right ahead what you were talking about how Max saw the sliding. I believe a lot of that sliding was coming out of turn 11. Yeah. And I was very, very surprised to see that because they kind of had like a decent uh, hook on it in qualifying. So I thought he put down an amazing lap, uh, Carlos Sainz did, and uh, I thought a good portion of that was him being able to control that sliding in turn 11. So I'm very surprised that it changed going in to the uh, actual race. And that's where he – was losing all that, I think, tenths of seconds uh, to Max is in turn 11. All Max had to do was just be consistent in the other 10 corners. Yeah. He had them. Yeah. I mean, what you were talking about kind of just with Max in that regard and just just kind of how dominant it is, just Lewis never really had those consecutive things because then again, like every time that Lewis was getting ahead, he wasn't getting too much ahead of Valtteri in in those years where he had that where – Well, I mean, it was like – some races it would be a lap different, and that's kind of why Valtteri was out of his Mercedes seat mm-hmm. because that gap grew. When when Valtteri did well, he could sometimes out-qualify Lewis. Like probably every two races, there would be a shot at him out-qualifying him, and probably every 10 he actually did it. Um, what you're seeing here is, I mean, I would say Perez has out-qual- or out-driven Max twice this year he's won twice on merit um this third one was kind of fluky actually i'd say saudi was a bit fluky too um it, it kind of dealt with some extenuating circumstances but there's not a there's there's a very clear line between max and everybody else 
That includes his teammate. And another thing I kind of thought was interesting, too, is like when you were talking about the start of the race with science tires and all yeah, that, Max. Yeah. I thought Max is actually going to be the one to burn through the tires quicker. Than, cause <laughs> yeah, if, you'd think. Because if science is able to hold on to his tires for, what, a couple more laps? We could have seen Verstappen come into the pits first and then change the whole strategy. But Yeah, and two with that, I'm going to bounce off of this. Max is in his dirty air the whole time. And, and, and for those of you who don't know, driving behind another race car creates a wake of turbulent air which makes it very difficult to follow with your own aerodynamic grip because that airflow is disrupted, which means that your car relies more on its mechanical grip from the tires and the transmission and the differential and the engine than it does the aerodynamics. Um, it, it, well, it, it, at the very least, brings down the aerodynamic grip. It might not, it might not outweigh the... I still think there's a significant amount of downforce produced. Don't get me wrong. But... Um, the fact that that it should be that Max goes through his tires quicker than signs and still watches him burn through his tires shows that he's extracting more out of the car with less grip than signs could with a different car. And honestly, for the Ferrari's a much faster, more slippery car, so it was logical that it would go through its tires quick, but not quicker than a car following it by half a second. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ferrari really didn't even make any mistakes either. They just got no. with Max past him, then they, they were able to do beat. good pit stops and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, but again, I mean, I mean, I take that as a win, kind of for Carlos. I mean, you want to yeah. win first. Yeah. You want to go get win the race. But then again, with just the level that Red Bull's on this year, and honestly, props to Checo just being able to just get into that spot because again, he qualified all the way down in fifth and got himself up to second. So yeah, I, you can't argue the pace of that car. That's I mean, he's sure. still fighting for his chance. I mean, people are still talking about his seat for next year. I mean, it's still technically under contract, but yeah. that's never stopped anyone before. So No. It's and, never stopped Red Bull, that's for sure. Yeah, not stopped him. And just going then. And the other points finishers, we had Leclerc, of course, in fourth. George Russell in fifth. Lewis Hamilton, sixth. Alexander Albon, seventh. Lando Norris, eighth. Fernando Alonso, ninth. And Valtteri Bottas in tenth. Liam Lawson, notably, in eleventh, uh, finishing only one, one point. Uh, one spot back of earning points. Then also with Lewis and his penalty, I forgot who why he got it, but I do remember that being a kind of a moment in the race where he just kept having to push so Al- Albon didn't really pass him on time alone. Yeah, uh, it was because he kind of took out. Uh, oh yeah, Piastri, right? Yeah, he took yeah, yeah, out yeah, yeah, Piastri. Yeah. Just slammed him. Basically, it was completely his fault. Speaking of Piastri getting slammed, uh, during the race, him and Lando collided and. Andrea Stella had a thing to say about that. How are we doing? How are we doing on time? We're doing. We're doing good, Ben. Okay. Andrea Stella said something uh, that was very emphatic. This is from uh, theRace.com. He said that quote: uh, "There should never, ever be contact between two McLaren cars." He laid a firm line, uh, pretty much just stating, "This is not going to happen again." Um, and I don't know what you can do about that when they're out on the track, but setting the tone for the team there is very, very important in building that culture. And they're in a bit of a rebuild, McLaren is. Um, historically great team, kind of kind of like Williams, but more of a midfield contender than a uh, front runner or a back-of-the-pack team. So it's it's interesting to see that while they're rebuilding and restructuring their culture um, – Instead of shifting blame like they historically did after after their uh, success waned, they are saying this is not going to happen. 
and they're taking ownership. So it's good to see that. Uh, I was about to say before you say anything, Griggs, we are uh, seeing some green lights show up on the phone here. If you are interested in talking to us or getting an opinion out there to us, I recommend you tweet at SMOP Podcast. That is uh, our official podcast over here at Smooth Operators or uh, feel free to follow us on there as well or at uh, Weagle FM uh, for our home station as it will here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Fortunately, no, we're going to have to follow you right into the break. After this, we have our preview, uh, our recap of Monza, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, a certain driver is being talked about for a potential other seat next year than we originally thought. What could that mean? Find out after the break on Smooth Operators here on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back to the Smooth Operators Podcast. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin, joined by Griggs Blankenberg and Noah Phillips. Uh, and you know what, guys? We're gonna get right into it. Uh, we've got we've got, we? a little, we've well, got a right little we've got a little we've got a little recap to give you guys, our dear dear listeners. And um, I just want to say, Monza was a good good race. I genuinely enjoyed watching it. How about y'all? I enjoyed watching it, especially because it was again interesting at the very beginning, just because Max wasn't in first, but still. It was just a, a good race overall. Not a lot of just straight chaos that we kind of saw in the Netherlands. We just saw really a decent, a good bit better racing, I feel like, where Monza was just, or with uh, uh, Zandvoort, they were just having to adapt to the conditions and stuff. And here it just felt like more just true racing. We did have a couple of those incidents on the racetrack, as Charles Leclerc would say, but I thought it was still good. Yep. Noah? I also thought it was good. My only. Hope is that one day F1 will go back to the uh, oval layout with the actual, like, going into the oval and then going back around the uh, official Monza layout now and then going back to the oval. Mm-hmm. Like the good old days back in the 50s. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. All right. But Speaking of. Oh, hit your transition, of course. On this day, uh, in 1996, Michael Schumacher won the Italian Grand Prix for Ferrari on his first attempt, and I thought that was a fitting thing to tie in with Monza. Um, but there was some there was some craziness in that race. We had a few we had a few collisions. We had a lot of people going through the chicane instead of around it. <laughs> um, and I thought that was that was hilarious. Uh, just the amount of people sending it too late, and then uh, just. Driving straight through. Yeah, that, that chicane on the first one. I mean, it's better than what Max and Lewis did in 2021. True that. So at least they didn't do that. But then again, we saw uh, Danny Rick win that year. So Yeah, he did. Like, but guess what? Speaking of Daniel Ricciardo, we have a little bit of an update from him. Of course, as people know, or if you're just getting back into F1, uh, this year, Daniel Ricciardo was without a seat to start. He was the Red Bull third driver until they uh, got rid of Nick DeVries after, I believe, what, 10 races? 11? Somewhere around there, numbers. And then they put Daniel Ricciardo in the AlphaTauri. He out-qualified Yuki Sinai, I think, once out of the two races he did drive for them. Broke his hand, and that's how Liam Lawson got into the spot. But he is pushing on with his recovery, and he shared his social media update. Um, he has a metal plate and some screws in his hand right now. And 
it shows that he's uh, he goes on Instagram and captions it relatively unchanged when showing a picture of his hand, still showing a lot of stitches, trying to get back to full fitness. There was uh, something where Horn, Christian Horner was talking about it. Um, the next two races in Singapore and Japan, and he are both likely out of reach for him. He uh, Horner goes, I think certainly Singapore he'll be out. I don't think there's any chance he'll be ready for then, said Horner. It would be optimistic for Japan, but his recovery is going well. He's got mobility of his hand and is into rehabilitation now. So that means the earliest probably we're going to see Daniel Ricardo again is Qatar for the Formula 1 Qatar Airways uh, Qatar Grand Prix in October. So October 8th. So we could be without Daniel Ricardo <clears throat> for these next two races this month. Hmm. At the end of the day, I think this guy is just snake bit. Got his opportunity to come back, raced one. What did he finish? 12th. Um, in that race, very close to getting points, and now he's having to deal with this. That picture he put up on his Instagram, that is a nasty scar, man. It is. That is like, that's like the size of the one I got on my elbow. Um, but, I mean, hey, scar will look good, though, on that hand. Underneath the glove? Under, oh, they could probably get a good picture of it somehow. Okay. When he's, like, holding the helmet, like, during the national anthem, he should, like, take the glove off so they can get the picture. You know, with, like, the American flag in the background in Las Vegas or something. I think that would look cool. My question now is for him just – we talked about him, like, the Avatari seat being for him a chance to get back into the Red Bull senior team if um, Sergio Perez is still struggling. But this weekend was kind of his kind of, like – besides Perez winning, this is probably his worst-case scenario where he's out of the race, he can't improve his status anymore, and Perez is finishing second, which mm-hmm. is the thing that he – really can't have happen if he wants to get back into that senior team where some people want to see him. But, again, just the longer he stays out, the more chances Checo has to prove, the more races he has to do that. And then going into the end of the season, I mean, Max will probably already have everything wrapped up, so then Checo's going to be making sure he pushes to get second in the driver's stand so we could potentially see some strategy changes, even though Max did not allow that last year in Brazil. But that could change this year where he is currently up – 50 points on or 49 points on Fernando Alonso. So could change a little bit if Alonso keeps getting some podiums and Perez finishes pretty low on the points. Yeah. I could see that changing. Um also I will say uh Max Verstappen and Michael Schumacher are tied on another record. I think fi- it's stats are insignificant at this point for the season Max is having. But the Michael had the Michael. 15 consecutive uh, top two finishes in F1 from Brazil to Japan of 2002, which would have been all but the last maybe two races. Max Verstappen um, has had 15 consecutive uh, top two finishes from Abu Dhabi 2022 to Italy 2023. Spending two seasons, he has finished second 15 times as well. First or second, sorry. First or second. Um, so I just think, I think it's, it's crazy that you've seen a streak so long of first or second, first or second, first or second. He has not been not on the podium. I think he's one of three people who has not yet, um, um, dropped points this year. I think, unless I'm forgetting during the summer break, I saw this, it was him, Lewis and Fernando. If not dropped any points, which is the two, the three world champions on the grid right now, so that makes a little bit of sense. Where did that? But then again, that gets to the point where I'm thinking like, 
Verstappen, something's bound to happen mechanically during a race for Verstappen since he's finished every single race. Yeah. I feel like that's coming sooner rather than later. I mean, I, he would probably want it sooner rather than later just so he could just get those worries out of his way. I mean, has he already had his in- engine allotment changed? I think he – what race was it, Canada? Yes. Where he had that change, so he's already used his engine allotment. So he could cause more chaos with that. But then again, he had engine allotment things last year. was in 15th and one. So – yeah, yep. I mean, that's what happens when you're that good of a driver. And he's going to continue to be that good of a driver for a long time. Um, I think the question, though, is who's going to be a second driver, getting back to the Daniel Ricardo talk. Um, I mean, I don't see them getting rid of Checo. I know he's a little bit older on the spe- on the um, race man schedule, Uh I just don't see them getting rid of him. I mean, they could if Daniel Ricciardo comes back and takes that AlphaTauri to new heights or something like that, maybe gets a couple eighth and seventh points finishes. I mean, they could, but I don't really see the reason why you would get rid of uh, Sergio Perez if uh, he's going to continue being at the level he's at right now where he can consistently get you uh, seconds or thirds or at the very least points finishes because Max Verstappen is your lead horse and that lead horse is going to get you a constructors basically on his own and um, and a driver's championship, which he'll obviously do on his own. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, he could potentially finish this season – sitting in third all-time in Formula 1 with wins. He, the next person to pass, he has four races to tie Alan Prost at 51, and then another um, six races to tie Sebastian Vettel at 53. So there's a chance wow. where he could end up this season be sitting at third all-time in F1 wins. We're having raced – hold on, I'm doing the math in my head – having raced eight less seasons already than Lewis. He started in 2007, Max – um, started in 2015. First win was in 2016. Lewis's first win was in 2007, though. So, yeah, but didn't the problem with that though is they race what like they used to race like four or five less races in the in those Lewis. I mean, they'll right po- years. they'll point to those when he passes these people. I think right, Ben. They would probably point to the fact that just the less races. Yeah, viewer viewer races uh, definitely has more of a. Uh, a highlight of the dominance that we've seen. And um, I did just want to say, like, the fact that you can dominate so many races is also equally a big deal. You know, less races and having a dominant season is hard, but more races gives more opportunity for failure, right, Mm -hmm. of some kind, of some level. And the fact that, you know, you'd have people who could win 15 races in seasons where, and across multiple seasons is very, very impressive. But the ongoing development of these cars is almost equal to the amount of change that you would have seen in a season, um, like maybe 30 years ago. And and I know, I know I'm acknowledging the fact that there are B-spec cars um, in the past. So it seems if they had a problem, they would just throw money at it, make a brand new car that solved all the problems, and then they come back mid-season with a better car. You can't do that now. And you can't change nearly as much. So the fact that there are still major leaps and bounds and major development 
being made really highlights the fact that there are it is a very competitive sport. This is not necessarily exclusively Red Bull building the best car or Max Verstappen just being the best. It's a combination of the two. If you had Max Verstappen in a Ferrari, he would win less races. Yes. Would he still be a champion? I think so. Um, but it's it's a combination of a good team and a good driver, which makes for a dominant season, and this is the best team and the best driver at the moment. And so you're not going to get in the way of that. No one can. And back in the day, maybe other, other teams had a shot. Maybe they didn't because guess what? The other Red Bull in this scenario would be spending just as much as they were to make their car just as good. So uh, I'm tired of people saying that it's an uncompetitive sport and it's it's favorable to one team over another because guess what? They all follow the same rules. And this is a little bit of a tirade. But I'm going to go on to say that, you know what? If you have the best team and the best car, you're going to win the championship. That's just how it is. That's a hot take, Ben. It's, it's really not. But people still can't seem to get that reality. But you know how you changed that, Ben? One word, playoffs. <laughs> Hear me oh out, Oh, boy, here we go. Just like We can't NASCAR. go one episode without a NASCAR. We're not. We are, uh, I'm, I, I am too Southern to not at least mention NASCAR one time. I, obviously, playoffs are terrible. Um, yeah, but Noah's head is always fixed to his left shoulder because that's the only direction he looks. Mm. Hey, brother, we got road courses now, brother. Did you just forget the roval? Yeah, the Roval, brother. Oh, my bad. Left, mostly, and sometimes right. But don't disrespect the Roval, please. I, I won't. Thank and you. honestly, oval driving itself is extremely difficult. I, I'm i not making fun of it at all. Bottom line is all sports need playoffs. All sports all need sports. playoffs, especially professional soccer. Yes, the EPL needs playoffs. That's mm-hmm. Todd Bowley's dream. We need to respect it. And move on. But with that, we're going to head to another break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we got some more Formula One talk coming your way. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into Smooth Operators here on Legal 91.1 FM. We got a whole not a lot to talk about. Griggs, what are we talking about? That's that's being honest with it. But yeah, we could talk start by talking off about about Lando Norris discussing his future where the ideal of a super team of sorts with Max Verstappen and Lando Norris came up and questioned him the other day and he go and Lando responded with it's definitely something I'd be open to. So he was talking about it one day. He's admitting interest in one day becoming Max Verstappen's teammate, and he compares him to be one of the best drivers ever. Um, Max is consider, uh, committed to Red Bull with a long-term contract running through 2028, and Norris's McLaren deal is set to keep him at McLaren until 2025. He then went on to talk about how it's definitely something I want to be open to in the future. And he goes, I think I can happily say Max is probably one of the best drivers ever in the history of F1. I never raced him until I was in F1, but I always, but I was always in the category below. So he was just talking about karting and stuff back then. But basically what it comes down to is he wants to be in a car that he can win in, is what I'm getting at from this. Yeah, and it, and it appears that a lot of people um, 
are interested in that. Uh, I think that includes uh, Jensen Button. Actually, mm. he's, he seems to have some thoughts on that. He's very interested, but um, I think I think if the best car wins, you want the best driver in the best car, and Lando is definitely up there um, in the in the list of best drivers. Now, I think he's Lando's also cut out to be a number one. That is true. Just how he is. He's wired to be the number one driver in a team, and when you have somebody like that going up against someone who is Max Verstappen, I mean, that's like, you saw how that worked out. Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis came in thinking he was the number one. They hired Fernando. Beef. It's that simple. Um, is that is that a thing that could happen? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just don't think that... Um, that would be a good fit for him. I think I think if Max Verstappen was out, say he decided he got bored and took a hiatus, that could potentially make that work. Um, there's a lot of – I don't know, man. There's a lot of uh, thoughts swirling around how that would work out. I, I think that I would be entertained by it, and I'm all for anything that's entertained. Um. So I'm good with that. There is a uh, part of that puzzle that I think is interesting, and that is uh, advertising. Uh, because Lando Norris is a fantastic spokesman. Mm-hmm. That man can talk. He's charming. Yeah. He makes me want to buy a watch. Um, <laughs> Max Verstappen, on the other hand, is like looking at a stone wall. He just doesn't have that like charismatic... Well, he's gotten better about that. He's too. gotten better. I was going to say something it. I've heard from Rocket Power Mohawk, but then decided not to. That's so. good. You, but you can hashtag thanks, Griggs. <laughs> but you can, um, you can definitely see how they could work together, right? And and to what you were saying, no, like I, I think it'd be yeah, I, I think it'd be good for TV for sure. Yeah, I think it would. It would not only be good for TV, but I mean. You could really spice up a drama on Drive to Survive because they got what, like at <laughs> oh, least no. three more seasons over on Netflix. Oh man, Netflix is going to be raking in money Appar- from that. Apparently, that's things getting all these new viewers for NASCAR. I mean, not NASCAR, Formula One. <laughs> um, that's what some people say. That's yeah, that's what they do say. I mean, Lando Norris, you put him with a Max Verstappen, Stonewall Jackson type of person, <laughs> can't really sell a watch. I, I think Red Bull. If they have those two drivers, they're going to be able to sell a lot of advertising and sell a lot of uh, Red Bull cans. Yeah, I think so. And, and it'd be fun. And again, kind of like, again, what you're going off, building off of Landon Norris, that personal brand that he's developed, he probably has one of the stronger personal F1 brands that I can think of. Yeah. Where he just, the way he's like built up his brand through his clothing line, his esports teams, his, all these other things he's doing. I think he's also doing something with endurance racing, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but just the way that he's been able to build that kind of LN4 brand up, I think that's, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, the way that he's just able to just become just like... Team Quadrant and all of that. You yeah. want to be a, the personal people. The personal people. He's very involved. We'll yes. say that. But like, you see those on the, like, for example, like, the the people 
people like kind of thing. You see that with like sometimes they'll do the Red Bull things where Max is on those Red Bull YouTube videos with Alvatari and yeah, like them having fun and goofing off. And I mean, every team does that to an extent just to build PR. Um, and and Lewis, I mean, not Lewis, Lando, Lewis too. Lewis, Lewis and Lando are a lot alike in the sense that they are both, both British. The they're both British and they are the darlings of the press. You you won't hear either be spoken poorly about especially in british media which is very influential in the world of f1 so i think i think having somebody like that is good but let's also not discount the fact that perez is a good driver like is he is he struggling a little bit compared to max yeah but he's 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 clearly one of the better drivers is he second best i don't know but you don't need the second best driver if you have a clear number one Right? Why would you want the first best and second best? I mean, ideally, yes, that's good. But also, these dudes are hyper-competitive, and you kind of want something to fill that, to bridge that gap, you know? And I think that Perez is a good fit of that team, um, despite what people have been saying, including people in the team. I, I completely disagree. And do I think that his seat's at risk? Yeah. Realistically, would I fire him if he underperforms? Yes, but I think he's been performing adequately. And the environment around him is just harsh, and I think I think you need to look at that. And also, I wanted to say while I'm talking about Perez, um, the remarks that Helmut Marco made about him were completely unacceptable. Disavow. Yeah, not, not okay. Not okay. Not and, good at all. And I I want to say that I condemn any any form of speech in that way when talking about someone. Like it's not okay. Especially to, when you're like he's like. Your employee, like yeah, you're like, supposed, to, he's like this guy works getting you, you the and, money. He's using yeah, your, yeah. your like kind of just what the brand that you're promoting to just drive the car, and then he just does that. It's just yeah, it's it's, it's just in the it's idiotic. It's it really is stupid. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and aside from the fact that it's just not, in my opinion, and I think we would broadly agree that it's not a moral thing to do, to to refer to somebody is from another continent just because they're a Spanish speaker. We um, we don't have to get in the weeds. And I'm not yeah. going to get I'm not going to get really into the weeds, but I want to say like like it's also just bad PR. Like it's not a good look. Like you should you should think about stuff before you say it, especially if you're in a public light and Helmut Marco has characteristically not thought about what he said before he said it, and I think that just needs to be evaluated. Is he smart with F1? Yes. Does he know talent? Yes. Should he be fired for it? I don't know. But that's not my decision to make, and I'm not going to get in the weeds That's an interesting that. thing now because you have to think about that since he's kind of the guy who calls like kind of the driver shots a little bit. A little bit, Will they yeah. have any influence on whether his thinking has to do with Checo Perez racing next season? I mean, I, I sure hope not. <laughs> yeah, I would hope not. Do, does, he get a, does he get the seat because of the PR? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. There's a lot that we could get into with that, and it's just not really worth it, it just because we don't have time. But um, we are also not smart enough. I don't to, know uh, how to talk on. I don't know how to run a team, man. <laughs> I don't know. She's probably motorsport manager, man. Ooh, yeah. I could get F1 manager 23 too, and then I could play both and just know how to manage. Can we write people. that off as an expense, I, Noah? I yes. can we please? No, we please. don't. We don't pay tax. Uh, um. <laughs> But anyway, I I saw this, this past weekend. What do you mean? What's we? What do you mean by yes, we? Yes, we do. We. Yes, uh, we do. I am a tax-paying, law-abiding citizen. Anywho, uh, but uh, I do want to bring this up. I saw on the uh, EA Sports Twitter account 
where they are offering a like free telemo. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but it's like a free uh, way to track your track times and how well you're doing. Telemetry. Telemetry. Yes. Yeah. They are offering like an app that'll track that for you freely. What? I don't. I don't have the game, or I, I, want and I don't that. know how well the telemetry is actually. But I want if, telemetry in my Tacoma. I want that too. But um. If it's like really good telemetry, that's very impressive because normally uh, a good telemetry for uh, sim racing is like 20 bucks a month. Mm. So, I mean, it's insane that EA Sports has just like came out with that for free because I, I don't want to talk about EA Sports and what they've done to Madden. But, um, or any game. Or any game. Any yeah. game franchise in general. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, exactly. Whatever, whatever. It's fine. We still play them. I don't. I'm not buying Madden. But um, says the guy told me earlier he was gonna probably buy 2K. Okay, that's different. All Is right, it, 2K's got a franchise mode. Um, Madden used to bring it back. No, it it does. It's just terrible. Well, um, no, it used to have a real franchise mode. Bring yeah. back the actual I, franchise mode. I want to decide the prices of hot dogs in my stadium, Madden. Um, bring back, bring back like the Madden twelve. 13, was that, a dance, was that a Dan Snyder reference, Noah, about hot dog prices? No. <laughs> We're not was, talking it was about not that. not a Dan Snyder reference. <laughs> okay. Alex, friend of the show, Alex Houston, if you're listening, I'm sorry. but um, We are not talking about him in a positive way, I promise. No, that wasn't a positive thing at all. No. Wow, we, no. Are, we are getting controversial on this section. No, you are. I, I am. You are, brother. How? I don't know. You both have done stuff, but... Huh? I'm kidding. I just um, want to play a good Madden franchise mode. I don't know how we got to this point on a Formula One podcast. Um, I mean, I want to talk about one thing kind of real. Or let's get one more story in there. Like what I saw on ESPN about F1, about Ferrari really just um, – uh, Fred Vasseur said that in Monza they allowed the drivers to fight at the Italian Grand Prix to thank the Monza fans and thank the Ferrari fans. Noah D. Field thanked that they had to, they had to fight. <laughs> Brother, I'm just happy we got a podium. I am like – I bowed at my television screen at 8 o'clock or whatever it was in the morning. It's a bit said, much. Thank God. That's a bit much. Um, but I will say it's a bit it's a bit sappy and sentimental way to say that you made a that you made a um, team discipline mistake, but I'll take it. It cost them, but whatever. You know, let them race, right? Let, let them race, man. Let them race. And with that, we're going to head to another break, but when we come back for the final segment of the show, we're going to dive into some comments that Lewis Hampton made about Max Verstappen. Yes, we're still talking about that kind of stuff. So do not go anywhere. Last segment of the show is coming up. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back. We are returning from a break, and Griggs has a story for us, doesn't he? Yes, I do. Noah, could you dim the music a little bit? Oh, there yeah, it goes. There that. it goes. Oh, whoa. Noah we're, did it with his head. Look at what Unreal. we're working with. Noah's got the force, the force, apparently. Yeah, um, though he does not have a Star Wars name, he is a Star Wars character in our hearts. Uh, weird thing to say. <laughs> 
I can't make a transition out of that. But, but I'll Greg, try just to tell us something. Um, just talk. But with the thing I was talking about with Lewis Hamilton is he was talking about in the me. I saw this on Twitter the other day. I'm gonna try to remember what it was. Oh yeah. But he talked about how made a comment. Every single uh, his teammates, uh, every he's. He, I think he says all with comparing his his teammates to Verstappen's teammates. Oh, dude, all, we oh, talked we, about this last week, and now he's saying something about it. I think he heard our podcast. I think he might have, but <laughs> he brought it up where he's like every single like. I think we talked about this on what Saturday, maybe. Uh, what the teammate comparison? Yeah. Oh uh, no, we talked about it on the show. We did. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it Friday. We were like, I I I remember saying that I don't give any credence to the fact that Lewis says that Max's teammates are uncompetitive. Well, we can bring it up. I think we talked about it off yeah. here because I don't remember. Yeah, maybe that we did. back. Anyway, but yeah, Lewis saying all his teammates were better than Verstappen's teammates. Which I is mean, not true. Which is not true. Simply false. I mean, if we're gonna go by average, I'd say yes. Okay. Yeah. As by, a whole, yeah, by, but by Lewis has average, been in F one for not, longer. That like, is true, but in individual teammates, you can't tell me yet that George Russell is better than uh, Daniel Ricardo. No, you can't. You and cannot you, tell me that. You can't tell me that George Russell is performing better than Carlos, or uh, yeah, Carlos Sainz, also Max's teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else. I mean, I, mean, I think still think Checo. Rattle. I still think Checo as of now Perez. is better than Perez, Perez is better than, than, than Russell. Russell. Yeah, yeah. Perez has been better than Russell. Perez has I made mean, fewer mistakes and cost his team less points. If Lewis is going off the fact that I've had one teammate of mine win a world championship and you haven't while you've raced with them, yeah, Max are you just saying that you're not as good of a driver then? Or? Yeah, Max has been F1 for what? Seriously, I think 2015 yeah, so, was his debut. I think 2016 was his first. Yeah, his first season, full season. So I think that is simply ridiculous. Lewis has had a career that has spanned longer than. Um, a lot of people that I know have been alive, which is not longer than Fernando. No, not longer than Fernando. Lewis is one of the senior drivers in F1, and for him to say something like, you know, if he had said like, "Oh, in the first five years of my career, I had tougher teammates," I yeah, sure, cool, buddy, great. Um, you also didn't win a championship in three of the first five years of your career, so get over it. You know, I. I just it's such a stupid remark and i i have nothing but love for lewis as a person but that's just a stupid thing to say and then we have to go like his go back a little bit with him what we're talking about just with lewis i mean he tries to like stay out of like all this stuff but then he'll just talk he'll just, about these comments he'll just he'll casually just, stir he'll just something casually up. throw yeah. in a comment like that yeah. and be like everyone's like I never had, what are you doing I like last year at silverstone remember when he was talking about going through curve um um Going through not Kerber that was Monza, um uh Cobb's Corner. Yeah. Where he's talking about comparing his him battling with science to him battling with Verstappen in twenty twenty one, where Lewis yeah. kinda turned in on him, put him in the wall. Lewis absolutely was to blame for that, yeah. And then he's like kinda like just uh since oh it was like, what do you go like um s- real strong careful racing or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Just trying to bring it back up. And that's the thing. Like, was Max at fault for um the the crash? And and uh, Italy in twenty twenty one absolutely yes, yes. was Dude. Lewis at fault in Silverstone yes yes and Lewis's was at a much higher speed with a much greater risk albeit Max wound up on top of Lewis's car and nearly decapitated him shout out the Halo shout out the Halo for saving lives like it has done um, even though it's ugly it works and I like that um, but yeah what I was saying was like Lewis just likes to compare and. Sometimes we'll just randomly, after being dead silent on any kind of media, just say a comment like that. He he likes to make side little remarks that are like, 
disparaging of whoever he's competing against, and it's kind of like a mind game almost. I feel like it's just him being competitive. I don't really – I mean, do I dislike it? Yes, but I understand what he's doing. And, you know, if I was Max, I wouldn't let it get to my head because if I was Max, I'd also thoroughly beat everybody and was very convincing. I think Lewis had some seasons where – he was a little closer to his teammate <coughs> last year. He lost in equal machinery. Yeah. He did, in fact, lose Twice. in equal machinery. Twice. And he's been in F1 for how long? 2007. Yeah. So, from 2007 to 2023, Lewis has lost twice. Max has lost once from 2013 to 2020. Or 2015 to 2023. Lost once. And that was his full rookie season to Daniel Ricciardo who was experienced. Um, man, I, I just and then, I think it's ridiculous. You you can't back that up. That's not a provable statement. But And then I think I saw this Max had a little snide comment of his own the other day. Yeah, I'm sure he you did. You see that one? Um, he was talking about Lewis. He goes, with Lewis, are, I mean, I don't know for sure, but for someone who has won six championships, you must know. And then, someone go, and then the reporter goes, huh. sorry to interrupt you there, Max, but Lewis has won seven, not six. Are you sure it's seven and not six? And he laughs. Oh, that's funny. Very sure it <laughs> is talking seven. about the lawsuit. It's in the history books. You can look it up. I mean, I'm not very sure, you know. I don't read Wikipedia is what Max. I think this Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's real. If I it's think, not, please don't be mad. I think but that was a comment about the about lawsuit. The lawsuit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was originally talking about um, his type. Not classy, but funny. I, I was talking about 2021 where I forgot that he's on level with seven. I thought he was talking about like 2021. I'm like, oh, yeah. they're talking about that. So yeah. Max is able to get his own remarks in there every now and then. Yeah, you know those get picked up more as being mean or hurtful yeah. than Lewis. But yeah. again, that's what you're talking about, the British media of oh, F1. Oh, they love to make drama. And Lewis feeds it and Max feeds it. And they feed it against each other even though they're not close competitively this year. I mean, if you took Lewis and put him in a Red Bull, do I think they'd have a little fight? Yeah, they would. They, that'd, they, be, that'd be awesome. That'd be insane. That'd be so cool. Would he be Man, beating Perez right now? I, I, mm, yes. Head and shoulders. I mean, man. Lewis finished every race. Lewis has finished. If every it wasn't race. for that start that Chago had, Lewis would be past him by now, probably. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, he's some points back. Even I think their start two was bad, but I don't think Lewis is in a car that's capable of giving him one this season, and that's just the reality of it. But he's what got at least two more with his contract. Yeah, he's got two more seasons with his contract, and he's probably got a handful of opportunities to get another one. Uh, I don't really see that being out of his future. Um, just when is Max going to not be number one? I just don't see any time foreseeable. Yeah, Noah, you got any final thoughts before we kind of wrap it up? Man, we covered a lot of material. Yeah, you said we didn't have much to talk about. Well, yeah, you know. Y'all, I like to challenge that. Y'all are some motor mouse over there, kind of <laughs> like uh, <laughs> y'all understand how to make content or the – um. I mean, the reason why the British media wants to drum up this conflict is because, let's face it, drama creates ratings. It sells. It sells. Drama is the number one thing that is the reason uh, TV is a thing now because of... It's like the top genre, isn't it? Yeah. Drama is a lot easier to make than comedy and all that. (laughs) Well... It appeals to the human spirit, much like going fast in a race car. mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, we have a... Whole season uh, left of us right here that Master Staff will probably win every race but, of. But you think Ferrari's going to win next race? 
Yeah, uh, that's what you said. Well, no, it'll be, be consistent. Uh, no, no, no. I, I won't think that till uh, next week or next Friday. Okay. When we do the when review do for Singapore, yes. Okay. But yes, that is going to do it for all for this episode of Smooth Operations. We want to thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to check us out on Twitter if you do feel something like that. SMOP Podcast. You can also check out this podcast wherever you get your podcast if you do feel so inclined. But we'll be back next weekend, next week for the Singapore Grand Prix preview. So mm-hmm. thank you for listening again. For Ben McClurkin, Noah Phillips, I'm Greg Splankerberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend and War Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.